Greetings, traveler. You have seen many disturbing things on your quest. But here in the dark, your eyes fail you. Two sounds you hear. One is the ever-quickening beat of your heart. But the other fills you with dread. Hey. Guys, guys, do you have to do that now? How long is it going to be? It's Dead Reckoning, episode four. Tonight, we're talking about dealing with boogeymen, sexy cushions, and tracer bees. So, my week in horror, um, it does seem like a long time ago since this. This this specific week, um, I watched Wreck. I've not seen that before. I don't know why, because I love Spanish horror films. You've not uh, seen it. Yeah, I just watched it this week um, because I was trying to make my way through the 101. Uh, I, I can't remember who did it now. Some horror website did 101 best horror films and I watched mm. it. And uh, some of them were very suspect. Like, uh, what was that in there for? Like Final Destination 2. Well, yeah, all right. Fine. <laughs> but like, it's very specific that... Um, and I, I thought, I'd, and I was, so I was trying to make my way around the, down the list, and Rep was on it. So, I, and it's only short, so I can I can feasibly watch it uh, mm. while Lewis is at jujitsu, which is how I build my life now. That's <laughs> 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 just <laughs> is that a jujitsu? You're a UFC wife now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> is that a jujitsuable film? Well, I don't want it because because otherwise, <laughs> what happens is he comes in like twenty minutes before the end and goes, "Who's that guy?" Is that the guy from? Uh, yeah. Is that the guy from the thing? They're like, shut, shut up! It's the end. So I, I just have to, <laughs> I just have to watch stuff like when he goes to do it. So it's like an hour and a half. So I thought, oh, I'll give that a watch. I really enjoyed it. I love, I love the start because it, it. I had flashbacks to like when I was um, at tele- doing television production at uni, and it's the exact same film that everyone does all the time, which is like we're going somewhere which should be exciting, and it isn't. It's so boring. <laughs> I'm in a zoo. You wouldn't believe how boring it is here. <laughs> you would think it was amazing, but it isn't. All the animals are asleep and we can't go anywhere. And it's that you've got to do that kind of like presenter, excited presenter voice. And she's in the fire. I was really feeling for her when she's in the fire station and fuck all's happening. And she just slumps against the wall. And she's like, oh, should we go to reception and see what's happening there? <laughs> I was like, I feel you, girl. I've been there. I've been there so many times. So I really enjoyed all that stuff. And then, um, yeah. Isn't that it, usually where the TV crew would intervene and like put you in the cage with a gorilla or start a small <laughs> fire or something? <laughs> I've been told I'm not allowed to be in here <laughs> because this is a Siberian tiger and it could eat me. <laughs> but honestly, we're so fucking bored. We've had one shot of a pheasant all day. It's not even a zoo animal. He just wandered in. <laughs> And that was at the fire station. <laughs> and that was at the fire station. What was he doing there? <laughs> so yeah, I really, I, I really enjoyed Wreck. And uh, I like, because uh, mm. what I like about Spanish, Spanish horror films or any horror films in different language is that um, they speak so fast that even if the dialogue's awful, it doesn't matter because you, you don't hear how awful it is in a different language. <laughs> you know, if someone's doing like a shit line in, in English, 
and it's really forced and awful and it's something it's something like we just have to speak to the commissioner to find out why all this is going on like a clunky sort of exposition line <laughs> but if they just go like what what <laughs> okay that's fine <laughs> When you're looking at the subtitles, because it's it's then translated into English, like, oh, yeah, but it's almost like the translation into English is the problem, not the line itself. Exactly. You think, oh, it probably sounds much better in Spanish. And yeah. I thought I spoke okay Spanish until I started watching that film. She speaks so fast. <laughs> Same. Like, I learned heaps of Spanish and French, and I'm like, yeah, I could probably watch this without subtitles. Like, four seconds. No. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of... Speak slower like they do on the tape and talk about the loop. It makes me me think that when I do go to Spain, I speak to everyone like this and they respond in kind. Why is no one booking a hotel for their brother? (laughs) Where's their brother staying? Why aren't they checking if the hotel has a shower or not? That's the important stuff that we need to know. <laughs> I remember um I remember reading an article after the first two series of Narcos came out and the fellow who plays Pablo Escobar like he was amazing in the series, but that's if you like just reading the subtitles and watching it in obviously in the Spanish that it comes in. But the guy who plays Pablo Escobar is from he's like Portuguese. So he's not a native Spanish speaker, so like the span the people who speak Spanish were watching it and just like, Why is this guy so bad? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, everyone was like, who watched it, who only speaks English, but he, he was absolutely amazing. But when it comes down to his watching it, if you're a native Spanish speaker, everyone was just like, no, that's just horrible. <laughs> like this uh, Johnny Depp film that just came out where he plays uh, one of the French kings. Because obviously Johnny Depp spent, has spent a long time in France, so he can speak fluent French, but he's it's just very stunted French. He's, he's, he's again, and plus, like the person who, the woman who directed this film, the Jean Barry, she plays, she wrote, directed, and produces it, and she also plays Johnny Depp's lover. And I'm just like, is this an ego project just so she gets to make out with Johnny Depp? I was like, we were watching it, and we were like, yeah, this is totally what this film is. It's just an ego <laughs> project. stalker level stuff. Yeah. She just wrote a film where she just gets to play someone who gets to get off of him on a daily basis. <laughs> I've made some changes to the script, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Again? <laughs> Let me guess. <laughs> so it's not only a nude scene, but there's also a basket of honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> but wouldn't the honey drip out of the basket? <laughs> yes. Now carry the basket. <laughs> the French kings did not think of such things. Now come. <laughs> Has anyone seen the um, American remake of Rep? Because that's meant to be awful. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have. I think maybe I, I didn't just for that reason. Of course, it probably it, it will be. I watched Rep 2, which immediately attaches it to some sort of religious thing. Still worth a watch though as a horror movie. It's still yeah. it was still pretty good, Wreck Two. But it's it's really like where the first one is is really well done. The second one is like, oh, okay, you've sold it to someone. And they're like horror movies. I know horror movies. So yeah. Yeah. But you do get to see a lot more of that horrible monster that you see at the end. See, I, I that was my least favourite bit of it was seeing like the monster because it's the old Stephen oh. King thing, isn't it? It's like oh, it's the scariest thing ever. And then you look at it, you go, that's oh, not as scary as I thought it was going to be. It's all right. <laughs> I guess it's pretty scary, you know, I guess. <laughs> you know what it might be? What I've found is when I've watched movies um, 
at the cinema and then I've told someone to watch it and they watch it on TV and they're like, yeah, it wasn't that scary. I think you have to be immersed in it for it to be yeah, scary. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah. I, because of we're ne- uh, currently in an apartment, if I watch any movies like I did last, like I do most nights, it's like in the dark in front of this massive TV that's in here and I've got headphones in, like noise cancelling. So it's all like, it, like I'm immersed in it. I think if you just watch that on a smaller screen in the corner in your living room, no, it's probably not scary because you're not, you know what I mean? You're not immersed mm-hmm. in it. And I think that could be the thing with those. Because I remember watching, when I watched Wreck, I was like, you know, high heart rate most of the way through. And then that end bit with that monster thing where she's trying to hide and it's bashing around the kitchen. Oh, wow. I thought that was terrifying. Yeah, maybe it is. This. I've got, I'm, I've got a, but I was a younger lad. massive project. I, I can project onto a full wall. So maybe that's the way forward rather than oh, just yeah. like in my heavily lit room with all my stuff for out like oh there's a dartboard in there it does distract you a bit you know <laughs> i can just play I, some I'll darts <laughs> setting up making a big deal out of it is is beneficial as well if the movie's not that good <laughs> but, yeah um <clears throat> halloween a couple of years ago i um i set up in the the garage because it was terrifier 2 had come out and i was like oh god i want to watch that and i watched terrifier followed by terrifier 2 but i set up this like really ghetto set up with my camping chairs and camping stuff in the garage with this old projector screen that I borrowed and a projector from work. And it was awesome. It was like 10 times better than it would have been watching it on TV. Yeah, maybe that's the, that's the way to do it then. Just being in a garage on your own is scary enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many jars of nails in here and I don't know what kind of nails they are. <laughs> I've got a family jet. I spend most of my time in the garage if I can. Let's <laughs> go back in the garage. <laughs> You're not taking your dinner in the garage again, are you? Yeah, I've got lots to do. Busy, busy, busy. That car's an absolute lemon. Yeah. <laughs> just banging a hammer on something. This car. Just a recording of someone banging a hammer on something while you're eating your dinner in peace. My dad's a builder. That was literally like two-thirds of his entire life. It was just at the bottom of the garden. I've just bought a shop back. I'm going to test it out. See you in a couple of hours. You're saying this is storing bits of wood. Getting high as a kite because you're gluing all your kids' toys back together. You, you couldn't walk into any of the garages in our family. Like, are the sheds and the garages in my family were inaccessible because they were full of crap, so you couldn't go in there and do anything. Oh, yeah, it's like an old wooden ladder. Bags of concrete that have gone hard. <laughs> and the other thing I was watching this week was, well, it's actually, it's finished over here, um, but The Traitors is a, is a UK, I, I think it's developed in the UK, but there is an Australian version as well. Um, and it's a, <clears throat> it's, it's a game show, basically. It's like 22 people all staying in this house, but it's really heavily horror coded. So they pick 22 people and they, the producers pick three of them who are going to be traitors. And every night the traitors can kill one of the others. They can murder them. And they, they all get together in these big cloak, like big hoods, hooded cloaks and like meet in a, a, like a bell tower and it's all very cloak and dagger and it's like someone has been murdered and it's all like that. And there was actually in, but then, but then because it is British, like the way that they find out if they've been murdered, they just walk into a room and there's an envelope on a chair and they walk in and they go, oh no, I've been murdered. <laughs> it's like really a terrible anticlimax. Like, oh bloody hell, I've been murdered, haven't I? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and and that's that's it. But they have they had some really bizarre sections. Like um, I don't if you, if you've not seen series two of UK Traitors, like come back in three minutes because uh, I'm going to ruin something for you. But there was a mother and son in this in this particular uh, series, and and they didn't tell anyone they were mother and son because obviously they could gang up, team up, and it'd be suspicious. And the the mother was murdered by the traitors and they had a whole fucking funeral including putting her in a coffin and shutting the lid <laughs> and this and this lad whose mum it is is so they don't know it's his mum and he's kind of like well this is suboptimal for as a day <laughs> like i've just <laughs> witnessed my mother's funeral and it was so bizarre like they had this massive like uh it was almost like you know in like the, the new orleans type like funeral processions where there's all mad shit going on and they went like went they went in this big hearse and they went past like a group of uh singers who were just singing this dirge and then they had these three coffins and it was like who is it that will be murdered today and they're like is yeah his mum had to lie in a coffin and they put the fucking (laughs) lid on and i was like oh god i can't i don't think this is this is not tea time watching why am i doing this but it's such a like weird show because they're very, very serious about it, and it's 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 like, and I like this. I, I watched the second. I, I, I hadn't seen the first series. I seen I'd seen the second series, and then we've gone back to watch series one, and in series like in series two, they're actually all really friendly and nice to each other, and it's like, oh, it's only a game. Oh, well, let's let's all just get on and be friends and all this. And then in the in the first one, they fucking hate each other from second one of the show they're like you're a fucking liar it's just like different accents <laughs> shouting angrily you're a fucking liar no i think she's a liar you're a fucking liar like, it's just like so all like the regions just arguing with each other and like hating each other and then every night they all like they get in this bell tower and take off their hoods and they're like let's murder carol <laughs> she's a, and it shows you this lovely like like primary school teacher is <laughs> in her 50s <laughs> just to, as I've not seen it either, just to ask a question. So the audience know who the traitors are and it's just the people on the show got to guess. Yeah, the audience know. So that's the, that's the best bit because the other thing about this, this show is that they're all shit at it. They're rubbish at finding the traitors. <laughs> so they'll all sit around and it is like, I, I, I get really weird about, um, I don't know. I don't like watching films about the witch hunts and like Salem and stuff like that. They, I find them quite upsetting stuff where like mm. where there's like witch trials and witch hunts but that's exactly what it's like it's just a witch it's just a witch hunt so they all apart from the murder bit um there's also a banishment where they all sit around a round table mm. and they all say who they think the traitor is and that's just like they they're just they just pick on someone for the most random reason especially after the first day when they've known each other for about three hours and they're like um i think jasmine is the traitor because she seems like a quiet person and it's like what she's a quiet person that's what it is is it and it's like i also think uh john is a traitor because he's quite loud <laughs> like you just can't win it's like you know we watch these it's like you watch the witch the witch hunts and it's like they're just like i i i, I blame goody johnson because i saw yeah. her chase a pig in an, in an unnecessary manner. And she's like, no, I didn't. It's like, ah, oh, she denies it. That means she's a witch. And it's like, witches deny stuff. Like, it's just like watching that. And they're all 
they're all so yeah. bad at it. And in the in the second series, the the guy that they it, basically they're all after some money. There's a hundred thousand pound prize, and if there are any traitors left at the end, all of the prize money goes to the traitors, and it gets split between them. But if they <gasps> manage to get rid of the traitors, they all the the, the faithful, the others win the money. So we were what the second series. How much money are we talking? Hundred grand. Hundred grand. Yeah, you'd, so you'd actually kill someone for that, wouldn't you? They, they also get really angry at each other for literally playing the game and going by the rules. So they'll say, <laughs> "She she came up to me and she said who she thinks one of the traitors are." It's like that's the fucking game. That's what you're meant to be. What were you doing all this time? What were you doing? And it, she's the poor the poor woman will be like, "That's what we're supposed to do, isn't it?" And they're like, "No, for some reason, that's not what we're supposed to do." But it is sometimes, but not all the time. And it's okay when she does it, but not you. <laughs> it's like uh... and find one of them in the kitchen, and they're like, "For the last time, this is not a cooking show. <laughs> Get out there and find the traitor." Yeah, and they're all they all just like, and there's just some a line that gets bandied about a lot. It's like you're either a traitor or a really rubbish faithful. And it's like, well, I, that's not fair. Like, <laughs> I can't, I'm trying. I'm not. Wow. And the, there's always, there's always one because people keep asking me, "Ah, oh, Kirsty, are you going to go on that? You'd be good at that." Because I do get lied to uh, as a teacher. I get lied to about ninety percent of my day. Is people coming up to me just going, um, "Yeah, so my grandma's that's really sad, Kirsty. My grandma's dog." <laughs> Needs to wait in for a fridge to be delivered, uh, but the dog <laughs> needs to have medicine every three seconds, and I need to. And it's like yeah, that's a lie, isn't it? <laughs> that's a lie, isn't it? I feel like Mori Povich. <laughs> that's a lie, and that's a lie. <laughs> and so and people are saying, "Wouldn't you go on it?" And I was like, "No," because there's a there's a guy on it on the, the seat. His name's Jazz, and um, he's brilliant, and he knows who the traitors are, and he's been telling everyone. He's like, "It's that guy." And they're like, no, it isn't. And it was. And he gets it. It's that guy. It's this guy. He's the traitor. And they're like, no, it isn't. In fact, you're the traitor just for saying that. <laughs> I was like, that'd be me. I'd, I'd know exactly who it was straight away within about 25 minutes. Then, but everybody would just be like, hate me so much because that's not the game. And I'd be like, well, I know it is. It's them three. <laughs> and they'd be like, well, no, no, listen, how oh, you play the, the producers have probably thrown me out anyway. Because <laughs> it's like, they're doing the motion of like, Stretch it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kirsty, do you want to maybe think about somebody else so it might not be? Because this is episode one <laughs> and uh, we need to stretch this out for 18 episodes. And <laughs> you've guessed it in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> so I, I don't think I would want to go on it, but it was absolutely heartbreaking in the in the finale of the second. Because it, it is all so intense and you can see how they go nuts in there because it's all like, it's in a big stately home. It's all very grand and like eerie and there's all weird musical. I mean, obviously they can't hear the music, but when they've put the, the soundtrack over the top and it's all like, um, it's, it's all kind of covers of songs which have been redone electronically with a breathy female vocal. It's all oh, like, yeah. that, like <laughs> hit me baby one more time. <laughs> Like that kind of shit. And you're like, every single song is like that. And they just build up this really intense atmosphere and then they make them all like accuse each other. And it got to the final and like the girl who was, so you've got the really clever guy who knew it from the beginning. He's in the final. You've got a guy who's a traitor and you've got a girl who's a faithful. And she wrote the traitor's name down and then crossed it out. 
and wrote the other guy's name. So they lost all the money. <laughs> and this guy was, and she was like looking at this guy and she's like, it's not you, is it? And he's like, no, of course it isn't. And then they were like, it, it is. It's very obvious. <laughs> like there was there was a little there was a little game that they play at the end, and it's like basically there's three of them, and they have to decide whether um, to like finish the game, and and like that's the end of the game, or do they want to carry it on? Now the the guy who was the traitor was like, uh, yeah, let's let's continue the game. Like, well, like, he's obviously the traitor then, isn't he? <laughs> do you get that do you get that molly and molly is so sweet and so thick and you're like no it's obvious now molly it's obvious now and her little face when he reveals himself to be the traitor and she's just like she's so shocked and it's like oh my god you're so stupid and it's kind of it is like watching a, a horror film it over it's it goes it's thirst it's like wednesday thursday friday night for for four weeks so it's like quite you get you get episode 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 and it's like watching a very long drawn out horror film where you're like don't go down that hallway don't go down that hallway don't go into that room don't go into that room he's a murderer he's a murderer he's clearly a murderer it's like so frustrating i'm picturing like the willie abbott i'm picturing something in my head willie abbott like um go you're not a you're not a traitor are you and then it just like cuts away to like an office style cut away where they're like in a room to go i totally am (laughs) Well, they do that. They actually do that quite a lot. So the the, the twist, the twist where it's like um, the mother and son. So the, the so someone said to the mum when it's the when the, the mother and son that were in there, they were like, "Oh, I think he's your son." About a different guy, and she was like, "Ha ha ha!" And then they do a little cutaway, and she's like, "No, Paul isn't my son, but James is." And it's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> it's Ross, sorry, not James. But Russes and everyone just loses their minds. It's the biggest reaction I've had to a TV show in years. I was like, oh my goodness. But then I've watched series one and they do the same thing in the series one, but with a couple. So I was like, oh, okay. Everybody else was expecting this to happen. That was my week in horror. Just sat, just sat watching TV. Just watching the traitors. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Jen, did you, did you get out of the house this week? <laughs> Sorry, are we supposed to be out fucking orienteering in a spooky wood or something? <laughs> or in an abandoned palace? Have, abandoned I missed, have, I missed, have I missed something? Yeah. I'm, sorry that that was, to do. I'm, so, I'm sorry that that was underwhelming, that I was watching shows and films. What else would I put? Oh, so I killed someone this week. Did you? Yeah, I killed someone, yeah. Well, maybe do that for next week. <laughs> metal detecting in an asylum. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Jed, you're up. Yeah, um, so, what moment, please? Just gonna bring your list up. Jed's got a list, Kirsty. I do. <laughs> it's all Checking it twice. Like a horror-themed Santa in his skeleton hat. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I noticed recently that um, Tony Todd is at this week, this um, this year's Liverpool Comic Con. I'm not going because the tickets are astronomical and don't want to pay, like, £50 of a photograph with someone. But, um... <laughs> It, it led me on to watch rewatching the Candyman movies. So the first mm. one is obviously the definitive one, really. Uh, like looking back on it, the only thing that really scares me these days is uh, there's one bit in the Candyman film, the first one, where um, she like wakes up on the floor of a bedroom and all you hear is screams, and it pulls out and she's got like a meat cleaver around, and there's just like two dogs' heads on the floor next to her, and then it's just all blood and like a baby's cot. 
And he's just like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> so he's just like holding on to it. But yeah, Tony Todd's um, at this year's Liverpool uh, Comic Con. But one of the things that made me rewatch it as well is my friend's currently was was at Mardi Gras recently. So it's over over the sort of Valentine's Day weekend this year that Mardi Gras was on in New Orleans. And um, this second um, Candyman film is actually set during the Easter feast or whatever it is called. But one of the things that's um, really interesting about the Candyman sequels, it has this like, there's a, there's a character who's in the background of Candyman 2, who's like a DJ, he's like a New Orleans DJ. And he gives this like, he gives this like soundtrack to the film. He's like a really gruff voiced um New Orleans like disc jockeys just keeps on talking about like, the festival that's going on. He's like the undercurrent of it. Well, that's one of the mm. things that um really sort of drags you into the whole film. I mean, the sequel's not exactly on par with the the first one, and the the third film's practically unwatchable for some reason. Now, Candyman has <laughs> like an army of zombies or something. I just think Tony Todd just went in it for the payday. But um, the first the first one's the definitive one. The second one is. Uh, as this undercurrent of this, um, and this he's, he's got. A, he, I think he's like a Howling Wolf style DJ, but from New Orleans jazz. <laughs> he's just one of these people who really sort of drags you, drags you into it. But yeah, what did you think of the remake? I thought it was all right. I mean, it, I thought it, it was really good. It's more sort of a continuation, really. I like the fact that they made him the baby that was in the first film. I thought that was mm. a really good way of sort of tying it into the two. Plus the art installations that he had were like really jarring, especially when uh, someone actually says it in the mirror and then they end up murdered. And you're just like, oh, oh, that's that's. Not I found there was there was one scene where he goes to um, oh, I can't remember who the case. It's a long time ago when I watched it. Um, but you basically you see it from the outside of the apartment, and obviously you don't see him, and she's just getting like thrown around, and then she just gets smashed into the window. I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty scary. I thought it was a good movie, the remake. It's definitely, um, it's definitely in the same, it's definitely in the same vein. It sort of brings it up to the, uh, the sort of modern, the sort of modern mm. take on it. But the first one, especially the score by, uh, Philip Glass is probably one of the best yeah. horror movies ever made, really. Especially Virginia Madsen, um, that's the, uh, Helen, what's her name? Helen, um, Lyle. Whole point where she's like looking into urban legends and then she ends up in, in one. It's just one of them things that just, Sends shivers down your spine. One of the other things I've been watching recently is a true. The most recent series, a true detective. I'm not going to include any spoilers, but it, it takes on a more sort of eerie, sort of supernatural um, quality towards mm. it. It definitely has um, one of definitely sort of heightens the whole thing. But probably the best thing about it as well is it's set in that period of Alaska where there's it's sort of the far north where there's thirty days of night. Just like obviously the vampire film, yeah. But the whole point of it being completely in the dark is is just really really adds to the whole tension. But Jodie Foster and uh, Kylie Reese really, really sort of like a excellent team together, and the whole heightened um, sort of psychological horror part of it is just really un- probably one of the most unmissable parts of TV at the moment. It gets torn to shred online, and e- even like. Even like reviewers who are like, no, it is actually pretty good, except for all these bits, and they just like they're they're just looking to tear shreds off it for no reason, just mm-hmm. because the first season series is so good. And I'm like, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, th- I think True Detective 
what could be the only real bad season was the second one because that has sort of oh, me God. even that even that has the Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn and um what was the other guy oh, um Colin Farrell is like a oh Colin Farrell oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's right also um the most this most recent series of um of uh, True Detective is incredibly female led as well which is certainly one of the uh, one of one of the best points about it I mean the showrunner uh, Isa Lopez who's uh, the writer and director of the mo- most of the episodes is um is, is supposedly the uh, sort of protege of um, Guillermo del Toro so she's like a Mexican um, filmmaker as well but she's been taken under the wing of um, Guillermo del Toro since their early career She's only really made one film, but the, the way this night, the true detective night country comes across is one of the, it's definitely one of the most unmissable pieces of TV at the moment. And Jodie Foster yeah. is just an absolute powerhouse as, as she normally is. But yeah, as well, it, one of the good things about it as well is it's very, um, it draws a lot of parallels onto, um, sort of Inuit, um, spirituality as well. And a lot of the actors that we were watching it, we were like, is every is every Alaskan native actor in this program? Because like the, <laughs> the, the whole town is just. Cause, I mean, I can't imagine there's it's it's a there's a lot of like native native Alaskan actors, but the whole town is just populated <laughs> by, populated by them, and it's, it's it is really sort of um, the spiritualness of the whole thing and the the bleakness of the whole wind of the whole sort of the tundra and everything that's up there in Alaska is amazing. It just looks like the most desolate and dark place on earth and obviously that heightens to the whole horror theme of it and this is obviously trying to be a spoiler free free review because you could go into detail about it but the whole murder case is that five um five scientists at a research station have um gone missing and that itself just has parallels to the thing so it just really grips you from the uh from the get-go, but yeah, watching um, Candyman and True Detective season two, I pretty much took up a, a long part of my uh, my time. But why, every Monday is just an event whenever we get to watch that, and it's on uh, episode five as of now. So if you can catch yeah. that, wherever do wherever do so, it's absolutely incredible. It sounds a little bit like uh, Fortitude. Do you remember that? I've, I've heard you speak about this before. I need to actually watch that, to be honest. It's, it's the same. I think it wouldn't, as be, wouldn't be as effective if it wasn't set in the Arctic Circle. But it's set, it's set in the Arctic Circle where there's a research station, but also like a, some sort of oil rig or something. So, so there's like scientists and there's big burly fellas who are not very nice to people. And then they, they, they just, that's the whole community. And they find a, a mammoth, um, like partially preserved, but it like unleashes this weird parasite. And that's not a spoiler. I just start. That's like the first ten minutes, basically. <laughs> but that, because it's so dark all the time, and it's like there's just these big desolate stretches, and it, it just looks amazing. And it, it, but it feels really like intense because every single person in that town has got to be involved people don't really come there from anywhere else do you know what i mean it's all it's all it's all kind of incestuous and everyone's involved in it it's kind of like it sounds like a movie black mountain side canadian movie which is a sense like a um scientists are out somewhere yeah arctic or somewhere like that and they um they find it's it's again it's like a parasite thing that that attacks them um 
like a Lovecraftian element to it. And there's also some sort of weird old god or something, which is like a deer's head. That's a pretty good movie. Black Mountain Side, it's called. It sounds very similar. Well, after berating Kirsty, I don't have much other than stuff that I've watched. Nah. I did. <laughs> oh, uh... you mean you didn't go on a <laughs> horror themed hide and seek adult cocktail well, evening? Fucking. I've got some. <laughs> you got a creep on. <laughs> I've got some wonderful stories, but I think I'll save them for the next episode and I'll do a big uh, segment <laughs> on it instead. Big fuck you to but the it's, audience it's, there, Paul. It's about... <laughs> I think I'll save that for the next episode. You, you're going to hear this a, load, a load of shit now and the good stuff no, 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 in episode no, 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 don't, don't five. Stop it, don't stop it. You're here for another hour at least. <laughs> Fuck you, audience. <laughs> well, they're, they're, not about, they're not about me. It's, it's uh, kind of like stories of the life of somebody else that, that I know. So it's a bit different. So uh, my week in horror, I went my first um, camping trip in Queensland, my little boy. And Wolf Wolf Creek all night roasting hot. It was oh, it was so Wolf Creek when we got there, <laughs> and it's just this like old farm, and this like old guy comes out, and he's got like yeah, old people they have those like um, skin problems. They've got all these it's like all these like little cuts and yeah. things all over their face, and they're just they're just covered in dry blood basically. <laughs> I like, I that that might just to just you? be Australia, Paul. <laughs> might just be Australia. Our old people That's are what clean. The sun does to you. <laughs> 70 years of the sun on you and um <laughs> yes we comes up there and we go to this we we go to the play and there's there's two guys with him who are a bit burly and don't smile and they're just looking at us like what are you doing here sort of thing um even though it's like quite a pop- popular camping spot and behind him in this shed where he's like writing down like checking the booking and writing down our details and all that sort of thing and there's like there's tons of mannequins and schools of animals that they've shot because they get all like feral deer and pigs and things like that. But it's just the weirdest like American backcountry. You know when they pull over somewhere to ask for directions and it's just some like <laughs> bizarre little hut full of all these oddities and things. And it was like that, and it was just weird. And but they're they're obviously trying to be like fun for the you know the tourists and people who come there because a lot of a lot of backpackers and people stay there. And um, and Finn said, "What are those? What are those skulls back there? Let's, what animals are they?" And the guy goes, "Oh, yeah, they're some of the people we didn't get on with." But doesn't laugh or say anything else. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I think they're just deers, mate." And we we got there, and it was really nice. And we we're like going up and down this uh, creek. Um, fortunately, it wasn't full of snakes and things. But we were going up and down this creek and having a great time. In the morning, I was packing up. It was just starting to drizzle, and I was like, oh, we'll get packed up and we'll go. I put Finn in the car so we can listen to his little, well, I keep saying book on tape, but you know what I mean, audible, whatever it is. And um, I put him in the car, and I'm like, right. And it's probably 8 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning. It's overcast, drizzling. So I'm packing all the stuff up. I'm probably about, and then talking to the people next to us who Finn was bothering all night. And it was about an hour. When I got home... About a day, the day after, I started to get these mosquito bites on my feet. I'd been bitten between the knee, so the line of my shorts, and my ankle, because I had shoes on, 71 times in total on both legs. <laughs> I like how you managed to count them to a really specific number there, Paul. You're just like, after there with like a tally mark, like one, 
Because they're massive welts, and I was okay. in so much pain, I couldn't sleep. It was horrific. I swear there was other issues with having all that stuff. You know, sometimes when you get like people get stung by something, they get stung so much that it starts getting into their blood and screwing them up almost like a drug. Yeah. It was horrific. Absolutely horrible. Nothing had worked. I was in so much pain for days afterwards. And the other thing I did was because I was trying to like wrangle Finn and he was pestering these people next to us who obviously, you know, were there to relax. (laughs) I cut two of my fingers open. Bad enough that one of them, it may have needed stitches, but I just ignored it and um, really badly burnt one of my other fingers. So I came out of this thing kind of <laughs> like, you know, when the woman comes out of Wolf Creek at the end, <laughs> kind of like that, or at the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's what I looked like at the end of my first camping trip. And just like, oh just limping God. out with like a faraway look in your eyes. <laughs> <sighs> so that was a bit horror. And then... Um, <laughs> That was your holiday. <laughs> yes, that was my holiday. Yesterday I had my uh, Finn's um, birthday party, and because it was it was uh, supposed to storm, we had it in our apartment. So I had twenty kids in here, oh. which was again a bit horrible. It's, it, it, it's a big place, so it was fine. But one of them, and it was bound to happen at some point. One of them, one of his presents he got was a Nerf gun. And these <laughs> things, I don't know if they were always like this, but it's insanely powerful. It'd go straight through a plasterboard wall. So we're like. I really, and it's, it's so hard to pull the, the hammer back to fire it because the spring's that strong. And I'm explaining to me, all right, you don't fire it anything, just the target. I don't want it damaging anything, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And certainly don't fire at someone. While I'm talking to him, he's listening, but he's looking down <laughs> at it, right? <laughs> you can see where this is going. It's like only, Christmas story. In his head, it's just blah, 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 gone. Blah, blah, gone. Blah, blah, gone. <laughs> Shoot people. <laughs> So from four feet away, he fires a shot by accident while he's looking at this thing directly into my left eyeball. <laughs> so I don't have a black eye because it hit the eyeball directly. <laughs> in the You're so lucky. <laughs> so I like I just scream, fuck! <laughs> takes me down to the ground. And Cass like, oh, are you okay? Because it's just a Nerf gun. It's just a little foam bullet. But the power of this thing... <laughs> I couldn't see anything out of my left eye for almost a minute. And I was like, he's blinding me. It's detached the retina or something. I'm blind. He's just blinded me. And Cass's like, he okay? And I'm like, no. Uh, The pain was so intense. Anyway, it was was all fine after that. No problem. And with all the kids watching this. You're shouting. No, this is after they've all oh, gone. Okay. And he's opening his presents after they've all I gone. I just had an image of like like 19, six-year-olds watching you hit the floor going, fuck! dangling down. <laughs> just screaming in some random kid's face. And all the kids, <laughs> all the kids are like, yeah! <laughs> push it back in, push it back in! <laughs> what did you get for your birthday? Blind daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy got an eye patch for my birthday. <laughs> I watched the the Boogeyman, the new one, newer one, which has got um Sophie Thatcher from Yellow Jackets in it. Oh yeah, I thought it was pretty good, like a sixty percent sort of movie. Yeah. Even though people give it much much worse reviews than that. Um, the, the the best parts of it is so. First of all, apart from this this girl who's got this like light up, uh, I think it's supposed to be the moon. It's like a globe that lights up. 
that plays heavily with the, you know, rolling it and then you only see the monster at the end when the light gets to it and, you know, the monster's got to... There's always balls in these movies. They've got to roll a ball back. So, if you know, if you're going to write if you're going to write a horror movie, supernatural things or monsters, you've got to have a ball in it that someone rolls off or a toy car that they can roll back again. That's, they, they like to play like that. Um, but everything else is a plug-in light or a candle. And I'm like, this is a modern film set, like, today. There's no, no one has battery lights. I don't think there's a torch in the entire movie. And you know what Americans are like? Any movie, the second anything happens, they go to the cupboard and get out, like, four giant torches. That's what they do in every movie. They didn't have any. So there's always a plug-in light that gets unplugged or the power goes out because, you know, supernatural entities can control electricity, but not in battery form. Batteries are good. So yeah, they have a lot of trouble with candles blowing out and lights being <laughs> unplugged and power going off, but nobody's got a battery light at all. So there's this woman, I can't remember the, the actor's name. Um, she's a very famous actor, but it's her family that it came from. It destroyed her family and killed her kids. And the, the opening scene is very gruesome, but she's staying in the house to fight it, right? And the girl goes to, to see her and she's got all these like shotguns set up on tripwires and when the thing comes in, she uses a girl as bait and, and tries to lure the thing in. It gets blasted by about six shotguns at almost point-blank range. Then the woman gives it both barrels while it's lying on the floor with the old check the bear's dead before you put your gun down and go up to claim your trophy thing. <laughs> she walks over and the thing like rips her in half. So we've seen that happen. But then when it comes to the final showdown at the house with the dad who's useless and the two girls, they get, I think she's got a hockey stick, like a wooden hockey stick. And that's what they have to go into the basement to fight the monster with. <laughs> and I'm like, you just saw like an army's worth of shotguns go off at the thing <laughs> and nothing. And they're going down there with a hockey stick. Anyway. Maybe it can only be killed by bit, wood or sporting equipment. It Maybe was kind of like common play, that movie or Complay, whatever it's called. Um, but the best thing about it was Stephen King book. So obviously, you know, the dialogue wasn't great, but I mean, it's Stephen King. When they finally deliver the death blow to the monster, which is actually by fire, that one point where all the music intensifies and then stops, and then the heroine speaks that one, like, Schwarzeneggerish sort of line to the, to the monster. Fuck you. That's what she says. That's the <laughs> best they could come up with. <laughs> she just goes... Fuck you. <laughs> lights the thing on fire. <laughs> I'm like, really? This whole time, that's all you've got to say to this monster? That's all it's put you through? <laughs> I say that to people daily. They don't even deserve it. <laughs> this monster is put her through hell. Fuck you. Think of some better things for her to say. <laughs> yeah. Get out Get out of my swamp, like Shrek. <laughs> In the Shrek voice. That's a very, that's a very like, Gen Z thing to do. <laughs> oh, like on a Family Guy. Remember the Family Guy sort of movie they did where he finally gets Stewie and he goes, It's just been revoked. <laughs> I think he said it didn't make just sense. Just some completely out of context line. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it in Arkansas. <laughs> the, your boogieing days are over, man. <laughs> After that, it was one of these points where it's like, I could go to bed, but it's not so late that it's like, shit, I should go to bed. So I've got to watch something else. And I'm, I may have had like quarter of a can of beer left or something like that. 
Or maybe I'd finished it, but there was still more in the fridge. And I'm like, well, you've got to drink them all before midnight. Otherwise, they turn into poison, which is what I was taught. Yeah. So after that, uh, I think it was on Disney+. Plus. So there's this old school movie called Mr. Boogity. And it's like an old, like, 80s, I think, American movie. And it's got, um, it's got like, sequels and stuff. But it was absolutely awesome. It's like an old school. I'm just looking it up now to see what the, I should have done this before, but. Yeah, 1986, Mr. Boogity. And it's this, it's this dad who owns like a joke uh, company, you know, you know, like the joke shop sort of things. But he owns like a company that does it. And it's him and his family move into this like super haunted house. And um, anyway, they have to fight this monster that lives there, Mr. Boogity, and, and free this like, uh, reunite this ghost woman with her son or something like that. It was like a, just an awesome classic American movie. That, like you would expect to see like Dan Aykroyd or or John Candy or someone in, even though it's Canadian. But a couple, <laughs> again, they, they go after him because because it, it was right after um, um, the boogeyman. They go after him with so they've got a broom, like a a wiffle bat, like the foam baseball bat, and a fly swatter. And then the girl's got some hairspray. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's approved. Approved weaponry." <laughs> I've literally just seen that happen <laughs> in real life. Here's a question: If you had to um. In, just, just knowing the actual things that are in your house and uh, uh, our American listeners, of which we have one, Ooh. might be like, well, I'll just get my rifle. <laughs> but what would you use as a weapon? What, what's, your, what's your most like go-to weapon if you think there's a boogeyman in the house? Uh, hmm. I guess not being American, I don't have anything. But I, I would say at least a shotgun. And somebody spooky who knows spooky stuff. No, but you haven't, got a, work, you, haven't you haven't got a shotgun though. Yeah, exactly. That's what I I'm wouldn't. saying. If you, in your house, in your flat, in your flat, you've got <laughs> to, you've got to pick something up to hit it with. You could get Finn's Nerf gun, I guess. That took you out, didn't it? <laughs> oh God! You know what? Yes, yes, that and the other one we unwrapped. <laughs> that is a much larger one that even keeps several rounds in the stock. Yeah, I'd, I'd get one of those, hundred percent. I've got um I've got a cast iron rose, which is like it's oh, it's yeah. a pole, a cast iron pole with a a you know a decorative cast iron rose on the top that my friend's husband is a blacksmith made for me, and um that would kill someone definitely that stove in a skull Cause no problem. yeah because it's got also the edges of the rose can be quite sharp, so like it's got cutting and and like attacking ability. <laughs> The problem is, though, you're talking about some sort of supernatural entity. So when you're picking a weapon, I mean... Salt. Uh, yeah, Table a, salt. A, 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 an old book, you know what I mean? An old book. None of these things are going to do anything. <laughs> Not just any old book. <laughs> like throwing Haynes manuals at him. <laughs> like, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> I've got a Haynes manual for a uh, 2006 Mitsubishi Pajero. <laughs> Take that! <laughs> Imagine that was the thing that took it out. <laughs> it's a heavy book it could do could do the job um but yeah great movie but one, one thing that i've noticed in this and then i was like oh yeah i've seen that happen heaps of times in american movies and tv they get up in the middle of the night peckish and go to the fr- like i don't know anyone who gets up and eats in the middle of the night genuinely but you can't sleep so they get up and they go to get something to eat from the kitchen but they start getting stuff out and make like a whole sandwich like they'll start, they'll get meat and lettuce and bread and mayo and make like a giant sandwich 
and a glass of milk and then take it off to presumably eat and go back to bed. And I'm like, I've seen that so many times. Do they actually do that? And they must, otherwise they wouldn't put it in there. Yeah, that's a very, uh, yeah, I, I don't know of any. If I, if I went down to the fridge in the middle of the night to try and make a sandwich, I'd be down to dairyly, like, the square, <laughs> squares, like, a dairyly triangle and possibly, like, a little cross. Well. <laughs> and they're pulling out, like, ham and turkey and all of this stuff, like this big smorgasbord. I'm like, what's in here? Uh, there's a bit of jam. I don't know how long that's been there. It's so, a dairyly triangle. You, you seem to have some some food issues. <laughs> we don't really keep food. For those in the of fridge. us who, who do keep sandwich making stuff in the fridge, <laughs> it's just odd that they make like like that's a meal, and they're like cutting <laughs> the tomatoes and stuff and putting the like turkey. And I'm like, really? In the middle? You need that now in the middle of the night? One of our friends, he was lodging with my parents for I think probably about two years or something, but he habitually. Slept walked and slept with his eyes open. So he would sleepwalk with his eyes <laughs> oh open. It was God. the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. But he would regularly go into the kitchen and just like do stuff. But it wasn't like making food. He would just like open cupboards. And like sometimes he was like, he'd have a bread, he'd have a piece of bread on the side and he'd just be like slapping the bread. I go, slapping the bread. And then like turning the taps on and off. Like one time he went into the kitchen and he turned on the chip pan and then he was holding the basket of the chip pan. He's going, I was just like, nope. I was like, I'm going to break the rule about waking up, waking up sleepwalkers here. I'm going to like, I didn't actually wake him up. I managed to like, I managed to like turn him and just like point him in the direction of the other room. One time he was like, as well, he like, he went into the, he went into the kitchen and he, uh, he sleptwalked into the kitchen. Knocked over the um, ironing board. The ironing board fell on him, and he was still like, oh, he was like on the floor, on the floor in the kitchen. He's like mumbling with the ironing board on top of him, and then the dog went in, and then the dog was just like sitting on top of the ironing board. And we were like, what is happening here? And we regularly used to, we regularly used to do like buckaroo with him when he was at ball. So we just like put stuff on top of him, like random items like people's shoes we did it when when paul and um a, f- a few of his mates lived in frodham like he would regularly fall asleep with his eyes clo- eyes open and we would just randomly put stuff on top of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he used to sleepwalk turning like flapping bread like sit me mum would come me mum would come down in the morning and they just be like pieces of bread all over the side and just like hand on <laughs> and she was like not again <laughs> But the worst part of it was that he wasn't like just sleepwalking. Like his bedroom is in the loft. Jesus so he Christ! He physically had to sleepwalk down a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> He's sleepwalking, climbing down a fucking ladder. I feel like a sleepwalker made up that rule about not waking them up just for shits and giggles. To be fair, I don't think that's a real thing. Oh no, don't wake one of us up, or we'll die. Like what? Really? Why? How? <laughs> Because uh, you've already done something pretty fucking dangerous, which is climbing down a ladder <laughs> and there's a flight of stairs the whilst asleep, and then you've got a chip pan out. But if I just slowly like shake you awake, you're gonna die. That you, that's gonna kill you, is it? All right. Fair <laughs> I thought it was that they just go berserk. Well, that's that's the, that's the what they yeah, that's what they show you in the media, Paul. <laughs> I say we all all go. <laughs> How and many sleepwalkers have you killed? <laughs> 
That's what they called me. <laughs> if that was a Disney movie, it'd be like an amazing chef, but only when he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like, <laughs> like ghost Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> Ratatouille crossed with insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a great film, but it's the big cook-off. You could win a million dollars. Like, uh, I need someone to get me to sing me a lullaby or something. He's, he's like, I just can't fall asleep. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> and they're trying all these things to try and get him to fall asleep. I, for the big cook-off. I was drinking this milky oh. drink. Oh no, it's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm going to cut all this because we're making this movie. This is worth <laughs> yeah. a billion dollars. It's a movie. billion dollar idea right there this continues on from part from the trip through the 90s so i am uh started a sort of a little bit on from the beginning but this uh carries on from 1996 all the way through to 1998 so starting off i have the frightness which is the 1996 mm. supernatural comedy horror with by peter jackson um, obviously Peter Jackson in his pre Lords of the Rings days. I think this is the last move that he made before he made Lords of the Rings. We have uh, Michael J. Fox as a man after a traumatic event can see ghosts, and uh, the one of the ghosts obviously played by John Astin, who's uh, Gomez in the original uh, Adams mm. Family TV series, is a sort of decrepit skeleton cowboy. Also has <laughs> the. Uh, Oh, he was also the real estate, a spooky real estate agent from Mr. Boogity. Just FYI. <laughs> he just pops up in any, anything that they need, like a bit of a creepy guy with a moustache in. <laughs> shows up. But he has, um, Jeffrey Combs plays an FBI agent who, for some reason, one of the running themes in, in of Jeffrey Combs' character in uh, The Frighteners is that he has really bad hemorrhoids. Like, it's a running, ja- <laughs> it's a running gag throughout The Frighteners that... He has to put down a little, like, inflatable tone. <laughs> 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 of all the things to, like, make it... He's obviously a sleazy FBI agent. He doesn't believe in charlatan, like, clairvoyance. But the whole point of his character is that he, he like, winces when he sits down. And he has to put, he has to put like, an inflatable hemorrhoid down at all. <laughs> that's, like, one of the... That's, for some reason, one of the, one of the things about his character. But, um... <laughs> Jake Busey is the bad guy, is a um, is a sort of ghost who um, is like the the Grim Reaper, and he um, goes he has to like hunt down people and um, try to like it's his whole thing like he's like a mass murderer who's um, trying to like increase the amount of uh, people that he's been murdering with the woman who's his uh, sort of love interest who can who can also see him as well. But it, one of them things where it's just like it, it's it's a comedy film, but it also sort of it, there has moments in it which are really sort of creepy. Also, you get um, you could also kind of think that this is also um tied into Full Metal Jacket because um, all the Ermy who played uh, Master Sergeant um, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman in Full Metal Jacket is literally in the film in his Marine Corps drill sergeant uniform. So it's basically like the ghost of his character from uh, from Full Metal Jacket is literally in the is literally in the in a cemetery in the film. But yeah, Michael J. Fox is on on point as this is the uh, person who sort of hunts him down and there's a lot of little bits which are just 
the border on really creepy, but also like really funny at the same time. Like for some reason, he, like, because he because he can communicate with the dead. He's a he's like a con man, isn't he? Yeah, he, he basically makes mon- makes money off it, but he doesn't do it in a very sort of. Uh, he does it where it's like, oh, you, they're going to want you to go to wherever and do this and that, but basically just gets the other ghosts to tell him stuff though because he has two ghosts that he works with so he can like go to people's houses and like stuff keeps moving about there's like a nerd and a like a disco guy with a big afro who's this (laughs) yeah he's he's got two mates who just live with him like two ghosts who just hang about with him all the time like helping helping him concoct these schemes but yeah the frighteners is certainly one to catch out for if you if you haven't seen it it's um Peter Jackson's uh, pre-Lord of the Rings film, and he was still making films that aren't on for about five hours and just, like, sort of sweep you off your feet, but definitely want to check out if you haven't seen it already. So um, in 19... Ooh. Sorry, in 1996, he makes The Frighteners starring John Astin. John Astin is sh- uh, Sean Astin's stepdad. That's true. So he got a he got a gig out of that. It's like, I like the look of your stepson. <laughs> Well, he could uh, be a hobbit one day. Anyway, let's get on with this film that we're doing. What's this piece of shit we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> one day, son, yeah, you'll like, be a... Busey, son, over there? <laughs> Listen, little Sean. <laughs> if you could just do a quite a dodgy English accent, I don't know, think sort of Somerset, <laughs> it, yeah, then you've got a job in a few years' time, my boy. Also, Elijah Wood was in uh, Back to the Future Part 2 as well with Michael J. Fox. He's like a little tiny kid. There's a bit where he's like playing an arcade machine, and like Elijah Wood goes up. You still play that with your hands, like cause, <laughs> oh, I yeah. don't know. Obviously, you don't do that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of Michael J. Fox being a bit like uh, like Nick Fury, just kind of wandering around lo- loads of films, going, "I'm putting a team together <laughs> for Lord of the Rings." <laughs> <laughs> I've already got jo- I've got John Aston's boy, and I've got Elijah Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a team together. <laughs> he turns up with the X Men. He goes, "Hey, Magneto, you're not only, only magnetic; you're magical." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving on to 1997, I have uh, the Wishmaster, which is um, it's produced by Wes Craven and directed by Robert. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it's exactly that. But. Um, the, the only one of the only reasons that the uh, the Wishmaster works is because the accent that um, Andrew, Div- I think it's Div, it's pronounced Divoff, um, he, he's a Venezuelan-born Russian actor, which is a completely ridiculous <laughs> combination. What? <laughs> so. Good luck, good luck at immigration in America, son. <laughs> You're from where? <laughs> well, he has one of the most insane baritone voices that anyone has ever had. In the history of the world, it's just it's 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 just like I don't even want to try and do an impression of it because it's just ridiculous. But it, it's so deep and brooding, and the way that he he says stuff is just insane. There's, I think there's about five different Wishmaster films that he's pretty much in all of them. But what mm. the the Wishmaster itself is pretty much it, it, it's every single sort of bad wish movie that you've ever had. Like anytime someone asks for something, it's like I wish I had. A lot of money, and they'll just like get hit by a car, and then they'll get like a massive settlement of money. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> one of them things. But the, the best part of it is uh, in the beginning of um, 
the Wishmaster in probably like the first five minutes of it. The wizard for a sultan makes him the jewel that he uses to um like summon the the jinn. And then um, when he does so, one of the wishes that he has is that he wants to uh, see wonders that, he, that the world's never seen before. And then the whole court just like starts becoming like mad, crazy monsters. Like someone turns into half a lizard. And there's a bit in it that's always rem- I always always remember where like one person like starts like convulsing and then they fall on the floor and then it, what happens is the, the the skin splits open and then their skeleton crawls out of their body and then starts <laughs> running down the hall. And he was like, What? I was like, I've never thought about that. It's like, what if my skeleton just decided no oh, I'm I'm just going <laughs> Bonus eruptus. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible disorder where the skeleton tries to leap out the mouth and escape the body. This is that in practice. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's overall, it's one of the. It's a pretty mundane sort of average uh, supernatural horror film. But first, the first ten minutes sort of uh, the Wishmaster is just absolute horror gold. Like people just turn into snakes and monsters and. A human skeleton literally trying to crawl itself out of the cell of someone's body. It's got a couple of heads in it. It's got Kane Hodder, uh, aka Jason Voorhees, as um, security guard, and then it's got Tony Todd in it again. It's got Robert England as well. So and it's Robert, like, it's yeah, got, it's like they've just got Freddie and Jason and Candyman at the end. Tony Todd plays a doorman called Johnny Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Why does the doorman even need a name, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, a full, and a full name at that, <laughs> not just Johnny. <laughs> to be honest, I was going to say, looking at this, looking at like the 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 gene, like the the red like devil monster, and it's called Wishmaster. I was like, that's kind of. I would think that was softcore porn, to be honest. <laughs> and then with Johnny Valentine, I'd be like, yeah, no, yep, we're not renting 100%. that. Hundred <laughs> percent. One of the sequels, a Wishmaster, for some reason, he ends up in prison, and then he just like he ends up running. He ends up running like prison gangs. I don't even know how he ends up there, but there's literally there's legitimately one of the one of the sequels to the Wishmaster. He he ends up in prison, and he ends up like using wishes on the prison gang. The prison gang members are just. He's just like for some reason he's now got like a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> like he's collecting collecting boxes of cigarettes. Oh. It could be get me out of jail. <laughs> Instead, it's like now kill that guy, and give me heaps of cigarettes. <laughs> I don't even know how. I, I think, you, I think you're missing he, the point here. I can't even remember how he he ends up in, in um, jail. But also during that film, obviously because he's in jail, he's in his human form. Like the, the almost the entire time of the film it might be the third one. He's just like, yeah, I don't want to wear the makeup anymore. <laughs> like, <all right. laughs> too much fucking shit on me. I can't breathe. It's totally over the top gangsters, but yeah, Wishmaster, one to one to watch, but be careful what you wish for because it's not exactly uh, worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to one that probably a lot of people have uh, watched, but I haven't uh, seen in a while is 1988's The Faculty, which is just like a yeah. A late nineties sort of turn turn of the millennium uh, sort of horror movie, which uh, that and Scream just like sum up that era perfectly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely got a lot of um, like Salma Hayek and uh, Josh Hartnett in it as well. 
Also, um, Elijah Wood is in it as well. Yeah, also Elijah Wood. (laughs) He's just turning up in everything these days. And Usher. Usher, yeah, Usher's in it. (laughs) Trying to make his film film career get off to a flying start. (laughs) (laughs) And John Stewart. Uh, Yeah, John John Stewart. Robert Patrick's in it as well, so you know he's definitely going to be a bad guy. Like, if Robert Patrick's in a in a film, it's always going to be something that he looks to no good. Clea Duvall as well. I love Clea Duvall. In it, just for legal reasons, because she has to be in these sorts of movies. Every, every <laughs> single film in the mid-90s, which requires some kind of, like, sullen, gothy girl. Clea? Yeah. Get Clea Duvall on the phone! <laughs> <laughs> Is Feruza Bulk available? No. Okay, Clea Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> I've just really, I was just looking at Usher's filmography, of course. And after the fact, so the faculty was his first film, he's probably thought, oh yeah, here I go. Then he, he plays a campus DJ and She's All That, which is like a Pygmalion stupid version of it. <laughs> and then um, he's in some just terrible stuff. Scary Movie 5, he plays Ira the janitor. And then he's himself. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he plays himself in Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, so going up in the world. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he finally gave up on his film career about that time. I'd be like, oh, are they a good actor, though? Have they been in a Muppets movie? No? Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, the the, fa- the faculty is definitely one of them sort of... One of them sort of high school sort of films that were, like, literally in abundance at the, the sort of like very late 90s. Um, mm. one, one of the one of the one bits that always gets me because the, the aliens, the sort of like alien parasites that are the cause of the people. It's like a body snatches, isn't it? Really, the sort of yeah. invasion of the body snatches. But there's a bit, there's something to do with water. And there's a bit where they they're all on like the football field and they're all like looking into the sky where the water is coming down from the rain. And they've got all these worms coming out of their faces and stuff. And I just always remember that bit yeah. being horrible. Also, if you know that um. Robert Patrick is chasing you for something. You just fucked anyway. Because that, that guy can <laughs> that guy can peg it like hell for leather. I remember him giving an interview about being in Terminator Two, and he's just like, yeah, like um, Edward Furlong just had to slow down on that bike because I was just outrunning him like the entire time. And he's just he's, he's in police dress shoes, and he's just like hell for leather, just running with his arms straight like a motor, a dirt bike. I met Robert Patrick at a. Uh... At a convention, and I got him. As, I got. I was going to get a signed picture of him in the um, Terminator for uh, our stepdad Steve. And I, it has, you have to put a little post-it note on it that says the name on it. So I wrote S T E, and he was like, "What's this, Steve?" And I was like, "Yes, yeah, Steve." And he went, "Ah, Steve. Okay, what's that short for?" I was like, "Steve." And he went, "Steve." I said, "But it's just Steve." And he was like, "Yeah, Steve." So he writes S T E, and then he's like, "So where are you from?" And then just writes V E on the end of it. I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, you are... <laughs> mate, they don't have job. Steve in America, do they? We don't, we're just Steve. I'm just gonna make it Steve, okay? Robert Patrick. I was like, "Okay, fine." And then he's like, "Oh wait, it was." <laughs> well, he signs it, and then he's just like, "Oh wait, I wrote Steve." I was like, "It's fine. Don't worry about." It. <laughs> I was like, "I feel like you're a man who's taken drugs before," and. Uh... <laughs> I feel like you're not firing at all cylinders, Robert Patrick. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he was great in a Peacemaker, though. Oh, yeah. He was oh, yeah. Peacemaker's dad, like weird Nazi dad in that, isn't he? I love him in that. And also that movie, um, What Elijah Saw, is it? What? Oh, sorry, What Josiah Saw. All right. Okay. Elijah Ward on the brain. <laughs> it's been an Elijah-heavy episode. We actually use a sound bite for, the, for our intro theme. 
But in that movie, one of the scariest things I've ever seen in any movie, and definitely the only part in that movie worth watching it for, is after the credits, and it's just him being creepy. And that's where that horrible little laugh's from. But it's, it's funny, it's like the start of it is very kind of true detective-ish, and it's awesome at the start, which has got nothing to do with what the movie's about. It's just like a, a character development thing. And it's awesome, and then it just all falls to pieces when they try and make it like a supernaturally thing at the end. It's a bit rubbish. But after the credits, there's just this one little bit with Robert Patrick for like four seconds, and it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. And it's just him being creepy. I think it's just Robert Patrick is just scary. Yeah, he's got he's got a got kind of an intense, like just look about him, which is why I didn't push the mm. old Steve thing because <laughs> he kind of, I kind of felt like he was being all kind of like, oh, I wrote Steve by mistake, and I was like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, can you do it again? He'd be like, fuck yeah, that's a bad stare straight through me, get do me by again. the scru- get by the scruff of the neck, do and be like, can- <laughs> yeah, I know, like, um, it's okay, Mister Patrick, Ooh. I'll change his name. No, 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 no. <laughs> you said <laughs> he'd just turn his finger into a giant piece of metal and just be like <laughs> <laughs> that's how he gets through his fans that he doesn't like that's how that's how he signed the photograph it just it was like a silver sharpie which <laughs> grew out of his finger <laughs> I didn't give you a pen <laughs> also the the faculty is the is the last film directed by Robert Rodriguez before he directed three Spy Kids films. <laughs> <laughs> he made Spy Kids, Spy Kids Two, the Lost, the Island of Lost Dreams, and then Spy Kids Three D, Game Over. <laughs> so like he literally made Dust Till Dawn, the Faculty, and then Spy Kids One, Two, and Three. Like he, he was definitely on a bit of a side quest there. <laughs> he had kids, probably. Yeah, it's like the guy who made. He made Mad Max just making Babe ridiculous. <laughs> I had to, so I had to um, on the topic of Robert Rodriguez. So I was, I uh, one of my classes is uh, they're doing meet their media studies students, and they they all want to make films, and and like obviously they're kind of like, so I'm gonna make a, I'm I'm gonna make a horror film which is set on a submarine, and it's like, no, you're not because <laughs> we haven't got a submarine. <laughs> And <laughs> that's the that's the first issue. I'm gonna I'm gonna do one that's set on a train. You're not. It's too hard. So I was like, you've got to you've got to think like Robert Rodriguez. Like he made El Mariachi because he had a he was like I've got a guitar case and I've got a tortoise. Like you've got to think like Rodriguez. Uh, like what have you got and make the film? And they were like, is that? And I was like, okay. So so El Mariachi. And I was like, once upon a time in Mexico. They're like blank. And then I was looking through, I was like, oh, Spy Kids. I'm like, Spy Kids, yeah. <laughs> right, think think like the director of Spy Kids <laughs> and just use what you have to your disposal. Think and they're like, like the director of Spy Kids. I can't, so that's advice got, I'll ever get. Kind of got lost in translation. They'll be on inside the actor's studio, they'll be like, <laughs> and then she said to me, think like the director of Spy Kids. I'll never forget these words. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, man! Your kids, kids in Liverpool in your class would be like, um, "I've got an ounce and a knife in me bag." <laughs> That's a terrible stereotype. As <laughs> true movie. as it maybe. <laughs> no, but you know, you know what? They're all, they're all kind of. It's nice. It's nice when they're trying to make films and they're like, "Oh, I wanna, I've got this amazing idea. It's going to be like this." And then I'm like, "Oh, that's the end of this film that you haven't seen." And they're like, "Oh, is it?" I'm like, yeah. They've not seen any films. They've not consumed enough media to know that their ideas are very like 
They're like, you'll never <laughs> guess the ending of this. One of them said the other day, he was like, he was like pitching his little film and he was like, you'll never get, you'll never get the end of this, right? So there's a hitman and he's talking to a, a, a psychiatrist. And it's like, does it turn out the hitman's going to shoot the psychiatrist? And he's like, oh. It's <laughs> like, yeah. It, mate, I've seen, I've got a degree in like media and film and I've seen, I've seen so many films. You really need to like, oh, did you get the ending? Yeah, I got the fucking ending. I got it when you said hitman. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all, they're all like, yeah. My my film is set on a nuclear submarine in the year 2074, and everyone's a alien bug type creature. It's like, right? And on what budget are you doing this again? <laughs> well, I, I guess I'd call it a few favors, like yeah, down at the old submarine yard. <laughs> I don't know why we've managed to circle back to him actually being in him actually appearing again, but I remember. A while ago, that there was a there was like a ongoing um, Reddit trend where people would basically hack. Uh, they would they would edit Elijah Wood's um, Wikipedia page to make it that his <laughs> most notable part was as the guy in 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 Spy Kids Freak, and they'd have like that would be like his first thing that it would come up on his uh, on his Wikipedia <laughs> or his, it's like most and most notably as the guy in Spy Kids. <laughs> it's like when they they kept hacking uh, Stellan Starsgar's Wikipedia page to call him Stella Skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might still be on there. It was, they just they kept it up for so long. He was like, "All right, it's fine. <laughs> just leave it." <laughs> I reckon it's someone's full time job to like go through Wikipedia articles when someone dies, changing um, is to was is like that is like so quick. It's like I I. Control I H. I don't even, yeah, I don't, I don't even um, believe someone's dead until that's changed. Do you go, <laughs> as, as Wikipedia, is Wikipedia in past tense now? And they're like, I don't know, let me check. And they're like, oh, it must be true. <laughs> oh, could you imagine having that job? Your job, like for like a professional writer, the job they end up taking is like, you've got to change the tense on all these Wikipedia articles when somebody <laughs> dies. Like, oh my God, no. <laughs> I'm going to have another crack at this novel. <laughs> But yeah, Robert Rodriguez was definitely on side quest after uh, after fac- after the faculty. But if you haven't, if um, can't imagine anyone listening hasn't um, hasn't already seen it. But it also comes with a bit of a banger sort of millennium soundtrack as well. The Offspring Creed, um, bloody stabbing Westwood, the like the total new metal band there, and it's <laughs> Cheryl Crow randomly. There was a faculty. Scream, Final Destination, they're all basically, yeah, the same sort of, same soundtracks and, yeah. Yeah, but def- definitely a little time capsule, that sort of late 90s era. But definitely one to check out if you haven't already seen it, which is very unlikely that you haven't, but um, it's definitely on some streaming platform somewhere. Yeah, it's also on VHS somewhere near you in a, in a charity it's, yeah, shop. Yeah, it's, it's definitely on DVD in every single charity shop you go with. It's in, it's in CX for a pound. Yeah. <laughs> Just open it. you got like a holographic postcard of Robert Patrick. Not knowing how to spell Steve. <laughs> so you've, you've written stove? <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> handed it over so I stepped I go listen you I know it says stove but you didn't see his eyes <laughs> right just just <laughs> It's the toys. Demonic toys. Playtime has begun. Do you remember Living Dead dolls? Yeah. Oh yeah. They come in that like black cardboard coffin. I remember they did they did a lot of different movie types and I think they did their own characters. But the only reason I remember was they did a, a run of um they did Jack Skellington. They did like a few different ones. And they were quite expensive, and you just had like a different expression in each one. You didn't have any of those. We had, uh, I think we had the uh, the Exorcist. Were they just movie ones, or were they? Did they do their own little characters as well, or what was the what was the idea behind it? Yeah, they had their own like they were their own thing. And we had the uh, and then they do the movie ones as well. We had the Exorcist and Psycho, which is like Norma Bates, like with a, like a big butcher knife. Uh. And like the case of it is like a sheriff shower curtain like coming open. And then one my uh, father-in-law mentioned yesterday was he'd seen because he he listens to this. He's a fan of the podcast. Hey, he's one of the three. Uh, he remembers this game called Grave Robbers from Outer Space. <laughs> it's like a it's a card game where you make your own B movie. So you've got to lay the cards out, and you get points for like how well it flows and and things like that. And I thought that sounds awesome, but I can only see it in US stores. I can't see it anywhere else. But there was someone who um, sort of revived it and reissued them. And you get all these like add on packs with like different characters and things like that. And I thought that was a really cool game. And I thought if I can find some, that'd be a good one for us to play on here. We could have a little segment and we can make our own little B movies. Um, but yeah, basically, you just make your own, you get characters and scenarios and stuff, and you, you piece together your own. B-movie, and then there's, like, add-on packs and stuff like that as well. I remember a rumour as well about merchandise of, like, random films that they had trouble marketing um, toys for Batman Returns because, like, obviously it's quite a sinister and gothic film given, like, Tim Burton's style. And then mm. one of the mock-ups they had was, uh, was the penguin. But it's the penguin at the end where he's dying. He just squeezing, and like <laughs> blood like comes out of his mouth, and like the toy company were just like, no, it's like it's the dying, <laughs> it's, the, it's the dying action pain. It's a hard no. <laughs> Welcome to Needful Things. Um, I've just put in the in the chat. I'm sure we can put it on the Facebook and stuff. Uh, I thought I'd go ultra local. Uh, this week because I like to support local businesses and I was walking past um, the sort of JAG CEX which is in Shopping City where it's like a cash converters type shop and mm. um, and I, I got I just got this vibe that maybe uh, a big old nerd has uh, maybe got a girlfriend or his girlfriend's moved in because there was a load of like horror and comic book statues <laughs> that are horrible <laughs> And I was like, I think maybe she's gone, I'm not moving in if they're still here. <laughs> <laughs> but they have, um, so uh, Iron Maiden. Yeah, they're the Iron Maiden. So they've got Eddie um, and they've got the trooper is like the weird skull, the skull guy. Yeah. Over the, yeah. So there's a beer named after him. Robinson's Brewery make the, tro- make the trooper. Um and so he's he's become a bit more famous than Eddie, I would say, because he's on the shelves of he's like in pubs and stuff. 
But yeah, there was 109 pounds. Right, 109. That's worth 109 pounds, that statue. Uh, and, I would argue it's not worth that. That's what they're selling it for. Well, but or pay <laughs> pay weekly seven pounds thirty three, and then also there's one next to it which uh, is like eight Iron Maiden Killer seventy nine ninety nine, and I'm just I'm just like yeah that's definitely on the other side which I didn't take picture of was um was like a load of DC characters but like zombie versions, and uh, oh. I thought like oh what if what if we'll look at like so so yeah some some nerd has obviously like been told get rid of these get some cushions that say live laugh love and <laughs> i am not having that in the bed in the bedroom get rid of that and shampoo that neck beard <laughs> yeah shampoo that <laughs> neck beard so i feel like someone has has lost a bit of their identity but maybe like in a you know like it like a little hermit crab like gets too big for its shell and gets a new shell but then another little crab will come along and another little weird nerdy virgin will go to that cash converters and be like, wow, <laughs> mom, <laughs> I need this for my basement room. <laughs> there is at least an 80% chance the person who put these in has a bald head and a ponytail. <laughs> are, they, are they cookie jars as well? Because they've both got like segments. It looks like head. it, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, imagine that's in your fucking kitchen, though. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like biscuits. <laughs> I think you're right, Jed. It's a biscuit, then. Um, and my other thing, which I'm just going like, to... Look, you know, do you know what? Is it, it's Temu, isn't it? The new, like, version of Wish, oh, where yeah. it's all cheap I call, garbage. I call it Timu. But... Well, on the ad, I get an, I play Timu all these games ball. on my phone, and it, and it <laughs> there's, like, there's constantly... <laughs> yeah, it's not... That you're thinking of Top Emu, the website where you can get an emu. <laughs> Ooh, look at that emu. <laughs> but I was just, it's just got the, the strangest things. And um, yeah. I've, I've just put in the, in the chat now. I don't even know. Is it called a ghillie suit? Yeah. I think it's called, yeah, right? So it just looks like it's basically... <laughs> um, Ghillie suit slash Swamp Monster Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just, it, it looks like it's a load of old grey nasty moss. And it's, it comes in like trousers, a jacket, a headpiece and like a scarf. It's a classic uh, sniper comes, suit. <laughs> I know that, but it's just such an odd thing to have suggested to me on Facebook. I'm a 44 year old woman <laughs> as a teacher. <laughs> I, I, live in, I live in an industrial town. And it's How like, much hunting do you do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. It's like, would you either like to look like a weird swamp monster or disguise yourself from the local deer population? It's like, what deer population? <laughs> we've got fuck, we've got a squirrel. There's a squirrel. <laughs> we found one the other well, day. Having it, having it suggested <laughs> to you when um, uh, Wish was in its heyday, seems to have fallen off now, I'd get things like it was a plastic, but you know, you get those plastic boxes that you put like bananas and stuff in for lunch boxes so they don't get yeah. ruined. It was one of those, but it was a pigeon's head sticking out. And it was a pigeon carrier, like a plastic pigeon carrier. And I'm like, oh, just what I've been looking for. <laughs> wow. It was a... Like, if I, if I need to keep a pigeon for that long, I'd put it in a cage or a box. <laughs> plastic pigeon carrier. I also think if I, needed to, if I needed to transport a pigeon, then I'd probably, like, think... <laughs> Have a specialist of all the transportation website. options available. Let him fly there. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll just throw it in the air and see where it goes. Like, that's one way of transporting it. Off you go, you should have had a disclaimer, do not throw pigeon in air whilst in box. <laughs> <laughs> Release pigeon from box before throwing. <laughs> not foolproof. It wouldn't occur to me to go on like a generic website like Wish or Temu to get like my hunting equipment. It would be I'm a, like, specialist, I'll go to a specialist website. <laughs> website. <laughs> <laughs> and where would I get one of these? A full ghillie suit. Uh, Temu probably got one. I don't want one, my yeah. pigeon to go anywhere, but I also don't want it to see me. <laughs> if you're trying to give medicine to your pigeon, both of those things would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> She'll actually, when we had our bulldog, and she didn't really like having medicine and stuff, obviously. That would have been perfect because she was half blind. So I could have just laid on the floor in my ghillie suit <laughs> on our grey carpet <laughs> and just sort of like, <laughs> like the, and then a sort of a syringe of her like medicine comes out and <laughs> goes into a wait for a senor and then be like bang <laughs> I got ya and she'd be like oh no mummy <laughs> it was mummy in a ghillie suit again <laughs> you're like there with like dog peanut butter in one hand and like tactical ghillie suit and the other like hmm choices are we gonna get them to do this <laughs> <laughs> also if you're watching movies on the couch in your ghillie suit and Lewis comes in <laughs> guess what I learned in June oh she must have gone out <laughs> Except buy it now Kirsty <laughs> unfortunately our sessie is red so I think I'd be standing <laughs> out quite a bit <laughs> well then he'll just scream ah swap monster and run he was. It's, 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 Either way. <laughs> I find it ironic. He's like, let me show you six ways that I can like disarm a predator. And he's like, oh, there's a spider in the bathroom. Can you go and get it? <laughs> <laughs> That's too many limbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's decided his optimal. Maximum <laughs> four. That's what I'm trained for. <laughs> <laughs> we had this discussion the other day. <laughs> like, what's your optimal number of limbs? He's like, I can't go, f- I can't go further than six. <laughs> so you don't really you don't really you don't really ex- not really excluded too many things yeah I, I can i can handle two more but anything else would just be pushing it well, he, he was like i wouldn't i wouldn't hold a millipede i wouldn't hold a spider i was like would you hold a crab he's like yeah i said okay we've got six <laughs> would you hold a spider that's had a leg amputated oh, can we get to seven somehow he's like no six six is gonna do it for me I'm gonna top out at six I thought you meant like how many how many limbs he could handle just having himself like he just grows like an extra pair of legs or an arm or something that'd be handy I don't think there's, there's, there's an effort there's like Spider-Man the cartoon for some reason he grows like an extra pair of arms like he starts to become more of a man spider than a spider. Yeah, I remember that one. That's, one of, that's probably the only Spider-Man cartoon I remember is where he starts to turn into like an actual spider. Because it was a daytime cartoon. He couldn't say blood. So they had Michael Morbius and he's like, I'm going to suck your plasma. 
and he did it with his hands as well. He didn't. Have, he had he had fangs, but he he sucked people's blood by putting his hands on them, and he had like octopus stuff. Oh, Jed. But mine was the uh, the Dune two popcorn bucket, which has been taking the taking the internet by storm. But oh, it is one yes. of the most horrifying things ever. Like it's, it's a pretty serious. It's a pretty serious film. To be honest, I mean, it's Denis Villeneuve in his uh, scientific glory, but it just happens to be the most sort of... <laughs> it's just obscene. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's like, it's, it's a Lovecraft, it's a Lovecraftian horror. It's just, it's just, it's just like, do you want some popcorn? <laughs> well, like, it, just, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know how that passed the marketing. Like who who was like, I know this'll be great. It looks like an extreme sex toy. I feel like it's gonna have a warning saying, Do not put penis in popcorn. <laughs> so someone's gonna be like, see, because of me they have to have a warning. <laughs> <laughs> it actually looks like the port the dog paw cleaner that we had for our dog. Oh, <laughs> it's it a dog paw cleaner. It's a dog paw cleaner as well. We just use the <laughs> multi purpose. Multi purpose. The dog's like, I'm not putting my fucking paw in that. <laughs> I don't know what you do with that. Thing is, though, as well, like when it was when it when it was shown online, people were saying that can't be real. Like that's just got to be a mock up. Someone's just yeah. like, the, but people are they're actually in cinemas now. Like someone, like, like, the company who, who released Dune Two actually signed off on this absolutely horrific thing. <laughs> I bet you can't even use it very well because it looks like it's gonna just. Leave all the popcorn. You got yeah. to really drag it out. It's designed to take the popcorn out of your hand as you're trying to remove your hand. They're going for like 50 quid on eBay. Wow. I know. <laughs> they're probably assuming that they're going to stop the run immediately. <laughs> they're going to be like a rare item or something. Right, miss that when you used to go to movies and um, Pizza Hut and places and they'd all have the movie themed stuff and you get like the big cup. Like we had a, we had like a one and a half litre Hulk Hogan Suburban Commando. Cup. <laughs> yeah, just, so I knew you were going to mention that. It was like a fixture in our house. It was just what you used to wash your hair with. Do you remember? Yeah, if you wanted to wash your over hair over the bath, we didn't have a shower because we were poor. <laughs> 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 no, we I don't. No, dead. I don't have a shower. I have, I have a Suburban Commando cup <laughs> that I wash my hair. <laughs> you go to someone else's house or a hotel or something. You're like, where's your Suburban Commando cup? <laughs> Where's your big cup? I need to wash my <laughs> hair. <laughs> what, what a film that was. The Bourbon Commando. Oh, well, it had the Predator in it. Oh, yeah. Like a shameless rip-off of the Predator in it. Well, I guess he's like, he is like a Poundland Arnold Schwarzenegger, isn't he? Wasn't well, Christopher so. Lloyd the dad in The Bourbon Commando? Oh, what a great... Yeah, he was. Yeah, he absolutely was. So the things that I generally search for on Facebook Marketplace are... Rooftop tent, something like that, that I'm waiting to see if someone's selling a cheap one. Or so basically nothing to do with any of this stuff that I'm about to read, but this stuff just pops up anyway. I don't know if it's just there's a smaller population here, so there's there's less so you get to this weird stuff quicker than usual. But the first thing that showed up is an action figure box, and it's the meat from Rocky. <laughs> so I'll see if I can put it in the chat. <laughs> Imagine an action figure in a box of, well, let's say a Rocky, except it's the meat. So you know, it needs to be like the proper, like, 
old school boxing and he's like chasing the chicken and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, except it's just the side of beef that he gets <laughs> in that meat warehouse. <laughs> That's its own action figure. So <laughs> it literally just says the meat with stars around it and it's got like a black and white photo of the meat. <laughs> and then in the box you get the side of beef. Uh, I can't see what the little blackboard thing says. And then like a bloodied white like overall that he wears when he's in there pushing <laughs> the meat. Because obviously if you get the Rocky toy, you need to get the meat. Otherwise you can't play the game, right? <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to be... You don't want to be at the butchers every week going, can I just have a really small piece of meat? <laughs> like, what for? <laughs> I'm playing, <laughs> playing Rocky with my action figures. Like, you're here every week. It's a waste of meat. I'll give you some scraps later on. <laughs> <laughs> was we talking about the Cassandra Doctor Who figure on this show? Oh, well, and it was when we were going to... Destroyed Cassandra. Yeah, it's just yeah. an empty box. It's just an empty frame. So it's destroyed Cassandra. <laughs> it's, just... it's, like a, it's like a frame of like, Tiny bits of the flesh, like hung off it. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the ribbon just... one. Plus, because it's like obviously something that they didn't make quite often. It goes for quite a lot now on eBay. There's it's one on like eBay ruined, right now. A ruined Cassandra. There's one there for ten quid now on on eBay. That's probably more so than it, what it went for. That's the start. That's the starting bid. I just find that really funny. And then someone's selling, and it's Amityville Horror House. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome, like, model thing. That'd be pretty cool, and that's quite cheap. And then you're, like, made out of cardboard. And I'm like, oh, that's a weird thing to have. They've made it themselves painstakingly out of cardboard. So someone has painstakingly recreated the Amityville Horror House <laughs> in a craft sense, but it's so detailed and so good that they must be a maniac. That person's a maniac. And again, like, this why is... Why would you do that? This is like, I will not sleep with you until you get rid of the Amityville house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but the house, like the house itself, like the... It looks cool. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd have that. $50, that's cheap. Is that in Australia? Yeah. So that's like 35 but, but I just didn't want to meet the person who, who made this. <laughs> <laughs> you might not come back from that. The more you think about it, the, the worse it gets. Now, I'm about to share with you, I know it's only episode four, but the best thing that has and will ever be shared on this segment, and that is the sexy horror cushion. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell? Who's that with his bum out? I can't see who that's meant to be. I don't. don't uh, where, where are you looking? Top, oh, the middle. top uh, pinhead, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, the back of the, pinhead, the back yeah. of the leather jacket is the box. Oh yeah, yeah. no pinhead anywhere. Pants <laughs> <laughs> on no pants. So for everyone who can't see this because it's a podcast, we will post this on our social media, our Instagram. So dead.reckoning.podcast is our Instagram. We're also on Facebook. I'm sure it'll be easier to find us. Same name. So what have we got? Scream. We've got Beetlejuice, we've got The Predator, we've got Pennywise, Leatherface, Candyman, top right, I can't see, um, Pinhead in the middle top, and then top left is Freddy Krueger. I think top right might be Patrick Bateman. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. He's in his underwear. So it's their heads, but then on a on, like, ripped sexy. male stripper body. Pennywise has got like the, the paper bow over his 
knocked over his crotch area. I don't like Pennywise. I, I don't like. I like the description. It's like great to spruce up your lounge or bedroom, etc. Lounge. Lounge. <laughs> you wouldn't put it in your lounge unless <laughs> you had no friends and lived alone. <laughs> Lay your face on Mike Myers, ghost face, Freddy, etc. And then the smiley face with the heart eyes. <laughs> why is the Why is the predator holding a teddy bear? <laughs> He's a good boy. <laughs> I'm kind of into Tony Todd there, actually. Sexy horror cushion, twenty dollars, and I was like, oh, just you just got to get it because that's just amazing. And then I was like, but <laughs> is this like have they made it and then <laughs> yes. had it printed? I want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to buy it. <laughs> We just have a lot to deal with when we do buy it, like emotionally. <laughs> the others are kind of, they've got elements of horror to them. So, like, Freddy's got his glove on, and then, like, yeah, yeah. Ghostface has got his mask on. Tony Todd just looks fit. There's no element of horror there. Where's the, there's <laughs> he's no got bees? It's like, like, like a pimp outfit. Yeah, there's no bees. Like a, he just looks like a cool, handsome black man lying on your settee. But doesn't, isn't that his? <laughs> Isn't that his jacket? I don't remember the the Georgie yeah. neckerchief, but, but isn't that his jacket? That the yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacket, the... yeah. Even though it does look like a pimp slash. But there's no horror element. Jacket. There's no horror element in that picture whatsoever. There's no bees. There's no. Where like... are the bees? I don't know what. I'm going to message them. <laughs> Where are the bees? <laughs> Where are the bees? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they're not selling it because people are like, ah, yeah. there's no bees. <laughs> Scroll. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> it's I like was... you with that guillotine, Kirsty. It's not really what <laughs> not I was really looking, for. looking for. <laughs> I want a Chippendale-style horror cushion on you today. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I do feel like that is that is like, what is that cushion? Oh, it's like a sexy, hor- yeah, that can go or I'm not moving in. Uh, I don't fine. think you'd get that far. I'll, you'd see I'll, it and then you just wouldn't answer your phone again. I'll put it I'll put it on Facebook along with my Amityville horror cardboard house that I've made and all of my <laughs> I made <Cause> figures. <laughs> <laughs> You've destroyed my life. <laughs> I'm not who I am anymore. You don't really love me, you love the idea of me. <laughs> you know, it's like when people send you a message like, oh, they, I saw this. Because you, you like dogs, don't you? Or you're a guitar player, or you have a horror podcast, and you're like, uh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> there is one of my favorite ever Instagram posts of all time. Was like, this girl was like, I just said to my mum randomly, oh, bees are nice, aren't they? And what she got for Christmas was like 700 bee related items, like books about a book called The Beekeeper's Wife and a big tea set with bees all over it, like some local honey. <laughs> <laughs> and that is exactly I, I do feel like that's what our mum used to do sometimes she just sort of like randomly say something and then the next thing it was like merry unicorn christmas <laughs> like, oh, everyone's it. like everyone's like smiling a bit and nodding in the yard <laughs> and you open and you present it it's like a, a swarm of bees it's a beehive <laughs> not the bees not the bees live bees <laughs> We were talking the You're other like day. Swatting we were talking. Lewis, Lewis listens to a podcast called The Wild Times, and there was a guest on there. It's all about nature and animals. And there was a guest on there whose girlfriend was going to leave him because he had a wasp hive in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Say, what is he? The fucking candy they man? Why is he got that?" Except death. <laughs> what? 
has he got that? Like, what? First of all, isn't that going to be a bit noisy? <laughs> oh my! Just like God. buy him a white noise machine. Like he just needs that- to the home of like a thousand is- angry boss. It's not really a con- <laughs> conducive to a good sex life, is it? To be like, what's that noise? Like, oh, that's just two hundred and fifty wasps, right? <laughs> so, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, I, that came about because of one of two things either he got broken into and he's scared of dogs and he's like i've got to have something to protect this house or he hates his next door neighbor who has a beehive and he's like we'll see about that he's like an animal, with me. he's like some sort of animal expert who apparently has a lot of like stuff like this it was just why why a wasp hive and also why in the bedroom though that's the that's the word in the bedroom that's what i said that's what i was like it's in the house in the bedroom in the bedroom it was isn't the whole point that they come and go uh apparently not with what i've had this whole fucking conversation with (laughs) but yeah no it was in the it was in the bedroom and his girlfriend was gonna break up with him if he didn't get rid of the wasp pipe i was like i I don't go in the house i don't find that unreasonable you know, when you sort of say, like, it's me or the wasp. It's me or the wasp. I'm just, I'm just saying the sexy. One girlfriend, one thousand wasps. They're not making me give up anything. They make honey of a kind. You can't eat it, but they make it. What do you create? And when I came home at three in the morning and puked in the bed, not a word, not a buzz. Well, there was a buzz. There's a constant buzz, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't a buzz of shame. It was a buzz of appreciation. You know, when he gets rid of it, he's going to have to download one of those sleep apps, <laughs> search for wasps. <laughs> Otherwise, he won't sleep for months. I'm just thinking, like, you know, in like these these dodgy Ameri- like American films where there's like a couple and they're just sort of like ripping each other's clothes off, going up to the bed, and they don't. And there's a reveal. <laughs> There's like a reveal where they put the light on. <laughs> it's like, just turn the light on. I've dropped my keys. And then it's like, ah, there's a wasp. What the fuck is that? That's just my wasps. A wasp hive? Well, I'd like to know where you would put 250,000 wasps. <laughs> if not in a hive. <laughs> no, I just keep them in the yard, Susan. <laughs> yes, they're in the bedroom. <laughs> they need to be warm. <laughs> it's their bedroom too. How quickly can you gather up your clothes from the floor and run out of the door in a comedy manner? (laughs) (sighs) I've got so many questions about keeping wasps. Heartbreak stings more than what? (laughs) It is like the candy man, isn't it? Are you the candy man? No? Why do you have wasps in your room? No reason. <laughs> but I'm definitely not the candy man. Let's go over this again. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you probably uh, wrap this up soon. I feel that's been over two hours. Yeah, we need to buzz off. <laughs> 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 